How long have you been taking shrooms? Since 2015. Well, how, how frequent do you take shrooms? Bro, I don't do it 24-7. Mm-hmm. I kind of do it when I know, I know I need some new downloads or I know like it's some shit I'm trying to sort out and I just can't, I can't conjure it up myself. So I need that extra boost. Mm-hmm. So bro, I would say like maybe every two or three months. What about LSD? I think they understand it's a war. We don't. So when you see your opponents getting sharper, like that shit may affect you. You know, you may get in your bag like, oh, look at these niggas trying to meet us where we at. And then you got other niggas that don't even know what's going on outside. So they just like, man, you're tripping. What the guns for? Yeah. The niggas that are running your fucking house tonight. That's what the guns for. Or them other motherfuckers who know what time it is. And when shit get cracking, we're going to see like, you know, who's unprepared, who get left, who lasts, who win, whatever. Now, do you believe that you're a god? Oh, yeah, bro. I absolutely do believe that I'm, I'm a god and mm-hmm. I possess like I possess what gods do. Now, at what point did the tattoos on the face come about? I got my I got my face tattooed in 2012 when I lost that job. That was the whole goal. Like basically, because I ain't gonna lie, bro, I struggle with procrastination, and I know like I probably would have bullshitted on if I hadn't looked like this. I would have bullshitted on entrepreneurship and probably just settled for another job. Mm-hmm. And none none of this would be right now. So I got the first tattoo, bro, and that was just like my my disconnect from corporate America. Like mm-hmm. I, I remember just because like we before I even met Nip and we developed a relationship like i've been a fan of bro since 2009 and i just remember like running with that energy of if we ever fuck with corporate america again it's gonna be a partnership Describe myself in two words, rich and unemployed. These stones cost two birds. Let it count it when she bored. Deposit hit chicks, clearing ace. Nothing void. I know that ain't my ex calling. Null and void. Where we going? Money going up. Money counting. All right, welcome. Money going up. The Rich and Unemployed podcast where we interview rich and unemployed people. And today we have a very, very, I guess, rich man. I don't know how, how much money he got, but I would say he's rich. Can you go ahead and introduce yourself, brother? Uh, what up, y'all? I'm Lord Grace. Lord. Um, and yeah, I, I, I would definitely say I'm, I'm pretty well off and unemployed. I wouldn't say rich, though. I say well off and unemployed. Well off. I'm all right. How long you been unemployed? Since 2012. Same for me. Yeah, yeah. You know we're the same age. I'm 33. Oh, for real? For sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, before we get started, make sure you guys like, subscribe to the channel. Make sure you guys check out the website, www.richandunemployed.net, for the merch. Uh, make sure you guys check out the Patreon as well for behind the scenes content and exclusive content. So let's get right into it, man. Bro, you're a very controversial uh, guy. Um, it's like you have no filter on the internet. You don't give a damn. Um, <laughs> this is just what I'm observing. Um, you teach your kids how to shoot. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like you, you wear a bunch of gold. So, well, first, what do you do? Let's get into that. What do you do? Uh, damn. Bro, well, I'm a best-selling author. Mm-hmm. Um, I invented a board game years ago, in-home banking board game. Uh, I've taught courses, classes. I have, like, over 12 curriculums, a couple books under my belt. Um, and I'm releasing a video game in a couple months, bro. So I'm kind of not necessarily all over the place, but... You got a lot going on. Yeah, I'm a serial entrepreneur, so I, I got my hands in several different places. What do you What do you actually teach people? Um, bro, I just live by four things that I feel like every family in America should have. 
A um, lot of self-love, a lot of land, a lot of gold, and a lot of guns. So I, I would say if I had to bundle it up, I teach people uh, the importance of family economics and just making sure that we keeping more at our table than we dishing out to anybody else's. Mm-hmm. And, you know, how to suit, shoot center mass, how to get a bunch of bricks of gold. Let's talk about <laughs> and Rack it. up on the house. <laughs> Let's talk about this gold. What it, what it is about this gold? Because you ain't got no diamonds. Like, I mean, you got to I, bust down. I got a little something. Mm-hmm. For the most part, though, bro, uh, I'm super heavy on the gold. I think at this point, I know I'm creeping up on 40 kilos. I know we passed 30. It's somewhere between 30 and 40. Uh-huh. Um, and, bro, honestly, just learning from Killer Mike, learning from Nip, um, I just identified early on to leave the diamonds alone. Not, and, and I want to say I'm not teaching nobody to be perfect because, mm-hmm. like, you know, I, I believe in ratchet investing, too. Like, sometimes yeah. you just want to do some nigga shit because that's like what you want to do. Mm-hmm. But... For the most part, bro, I'm 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 seeking out bricks of gold. If it ain't a kilo or better, we're not even touching it. What what's the overall goal though? What what is is this just to to turn your cash into an asset? Well yeah, bro, to just to have a, a universal currency. Mm-hmm. Just knowing that we have a form of currency that like we can pretty much go anywhere on the planet mm-hmm. and we're gonna be able to leverage some type of resources of power based off the fact that we got pounds and pounds and pounds of gold. Mm-hmm. And then also, bro, just it's several things you could do with it from the the example I just gave. You need to go somewhere, you need to leverage it, uh, you know, sell it, customize it. You can open policies on the gold and borrow against it. It's a lot of things you can do with gold, mm-hmm. bro, that stretch way more than a dollar. I know. Um, I mean, that's why I got this right. for the same reasons. Um, I didn't want to get a bust down. Uh, I didn't want to get down bust down anything. I did get a bust down Cartier, then that was my first watch, and I was like, I had one too, bro. I got rid of it. Yeah, I want to get rid of it, but it's like, I, I got too much invested right now. It's like, right. damn, like when I try to go turn it in, they would try to give me like 12000 less than what yeah, I paid oh, for. Yeah, they tripping. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, man, I might as well just keep it. Right. But since then, bro, gold, Prezi, I got this, but I understand like this goes up. Since I right. bought it, this went up 10000 This went up like another ten. Yeah. So I understand what you're talking about. Bro, bro I ain't gonna lie, to keep it real. I've only spent probably like 1.1 million on gold, but it definitely got an evaluation like 2.3. Yeah. So like when I get that evaluation, a lot of people get it misconstrued thinking we spent millions. Like, nah, we, yeah, we yeah. really only spent a million, but gold been doing what it need to do. So that million turned Going into up. two million. Now, I thought you was gonna pull up with the crazy, the crazy uh, look. <laughs> oh yeah, no, bro, I'm, I'm traveling like <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'm traveling like Conservative, okay, yeah. for sure. Now, I ain't gonna lie, bro, too. I, I have a, um, I have some, my spine is like not perfectly aligned. Uh-huh. So like, I really, to be honest with you too, I really only throw those pieces on for the camera as a showpiece. I yeah, don't yeah, wear yeah. that shit naturally. Like it's way too heavy. Yeah, way, yeah, way. Yeah. Like one of them Cubans way too heavy. This is too heavy. Yeah. You know, so when I take it off, I'm like from a long night, I'll be like, yeah, bro, something, that shit like not humanly yeah. healthy. And like people don't, they just see it and be like, ooh, not knowing like when that camera go off, I'm motherfucking neck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Headache for two days, all type of stuff. So yeah. Now is each one of them a kilo? Yeah, bro. If, if it ain't a kilo, I don't, I don't even go under a kilo. I got this. I know like my biggest one is 2,600 grams. That's the big boy. And then I got the DGTV piece. That one like 11 pounds by itself. Uh-huh. Had like a kilo and a half on the chain and then a the piece, like another, I think four kilos on the piece. Mm-hmm. Hold up, wait I know the episode is getting really, really good Before we dive any deeper I want you guys to go ahead and check out the website And get you some merch www.richunemployed.net The link is in the description uh, These headscarves are available um, I got t-shirts available I got he- uh, hoodies I got caps 
Go ahead and support. Show your support for this this brand, this this platform. And uh, let's get back to the episode. Now, I see you got your kids wearing gold, too. Mm-hmm. Your wife. I see the Cubans and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So, it's like, you teaching them the game as well. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I mean, it's a beautiful thing to watch, you know, because, like, <laughs> you know, we, because kids, they naturally look up to us and they, they see what we do. And right. when they see the diamonds, you know what I'm saying, they think that's cool, but you got this gold on. And it's like, tell me about generational wealth, because you you said, mm-hmm. I don't, not, not verbatim, but these niggas ain't building generational wealth. Like you could see my lineage, you know what I'm saying? My dad, yeah, bro, my I'm, I'm, I'm big on results. And like people, like, so for me, bro, one of the reasons like my car really won't ever get pulled because I don't speak on things I'm not educated on. Yeah. That's my secret. Yeah. Motherfuckers be pillar to post. They want to be on every scene. Like, oh, I know this. I'm like, nah, bro, I know about six names and I'm going to ride these six names to the end of time. So for me, yeah, bro, I do agree. Like, that word is thrown around loosely, but by experience, like most people, and that's and salute to them too, but most people can mm-hmm. only show you like one generation or one individual in the generation that's been affected by their moves. I can genuinely like go back to my great grandmother, my grandmother, paying off both their homes, uh, incorporating that into my real estate portfolio. Then I retired my mom at 27 or 28, I'm 33 now. Mm-hmm. Business partners with my daddy, we own a gun business. We got a gun store in Tampa a security company and then you know trickling down to my siblings and my children so i feel like if we talking like actual results and not just big words and like rented houses and cars most people genuinely cannot show you a presentation of generational wealth mm-hmm. they theorize and that's okay like but it's just like the way it get presented sometimes like it just people don't never really scratch their head and think about it like damn bro is talking about generations so where they at? Mm-hmm. Nobody asked that shit. He's like, oh yeah, yeah, generational wealth, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say, um, maybe. Well, for me, like I'll probably be the first one in my family to mm-hmm. start building this generational wealth, and a lot of people didn't have like an example, didn't have like right, right. you know everybody like the the past generations were like working Absolutely. people. You know what I'm saying? Like they they didn't have an example for mm-hmm. and. You're, you said your your parents had businesses. No, no, no. My mom was a school teacher, and my pops is retired Secret Service. Okay, so you are you the first to what start building generational wealth? Um, bro, I had a great uncle, one of my great uncles. Uh, he was an entrepreneur. Yeah, I got some uncles that did it, but mm-hmm. like in my bracket, um, I want to say yeah, bro. Mm-hmm. What did you? What did you? What did, what is? When did it start? Like, it started for me in 2012. Uh, I was a 911 dispatcher. Uh, <laughs> nobody ever believed that. Bro. <laughs> Everybody laughed. They'd be like, you lying like a motherfucker. <laughs> but no, I was a 911 dispatcher. Um, I lost that job February 2012. I had a young lady I was messing with at the time. Her aunt was plugged in in foot action. And then also I, I found another plug through her directly to Nike. Mm-hmm. I vividly remember going to buy the LeBron 9 Big Bangs. And I seen the line. That shit was crazy. And her aunt was like, do you want an extra pair? I'm like, yeah, I'll take it. So I just... Mine, I just lost my job, but I'm out here. I got to have these LeBrons. I'm like, fuck mm-hmm. it. I ain't, ain't tripping on the money. I'm going to get these LeBrons. I see the mayhem. She ended up giving me two extra pair. Before I could even get out the line, I flipped them for like 400 a piece. Mm-hmm. Paid for my shoes and made some extra bread. So by the time I got home, and I was just like, damn, niggas really going crazy about these shoes. And I got somebody who got a direct connect to this and that. And, bro, I started a retail business in 2012. 
Took me nine months to make my first sale. But that's really how I learned marketing. I ain't really had no books. I just had to trial and error that shit until mm-hmm. I figured it out. So it worked perfectly, bro. Like I started out in retail. I became an author in 2015. That book ain't do shit at all. And then the next year, June 8th on my daughter's birthday, that book went went number one in like 12 hours in. I switched over to teaching ever since and never went back to the retail shit. What was the book about, the first book? Uh, the first book was Autobiography by My Life, from mm-hmm. like Chronicle from like age three to 25. What was the second book about? That's the one that made me a best-selling author. That's God's Amongst Men, volume one. And what was, so I guess you learned marketing in between then? Yeah. From from 2012 to 2016, that's when I learned marketing. So by the time I got in this game, like niggas couldn't see me at all because mm-hmm. I had been just broke trying to do this shit for four years. So like, basically, what they try to go get out of a book in a day, I had like four years to have fun and play. So when I finally crossed over and went viral, mm-hmm. I knew how to take that energy and just turn it into millions, like pretty quick. Now, at what point did the tattoos on the face come about? I got my I got my face tattooed in 2012 when I lost that job. That was the whole goal. Like basically, because I ain't gonna lie, bro, I struggle with procrastination, and I know like I probably would have bullshitted on if I hadn't looked like this. I would have bullshitted on entrepreneurship and probably just settled for another job. Mm-hmm. And none none of this would be right now. So I got the first tattoo, bro, and that was just like my my disconnect from corporate America. Like mm-hmm. I, I remember just because like we before I even met Nip and we. Developed a relationship Like I've been a fan of bro Since 2009 And I just remember like Running with that energy of If we ever fuck with Corporate America again It's gonna be a partnership mm. Like we ain't never working For these niggas ever again And I just got Bro I got hit up Probably like three times In the first two weeks When I lost that job And had like eight tattoos It was a wrap mm. I'm a real obsessive person So if I like something I'm gonna indulge in that mm. shit Again and again and again Now in the beginning Did you feel like people kind of like shied away from you like when it came to business when it like because you got face tattoos oh hell yeah bro yeah oh yeah for sure uh yeah just, just the perception alone like even not even in business like individuals relatives yeah. and all just like we don't want to be around that shit nigga look crazy as fuck yeah 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 <laughs> so like what now though how is it now um we don't give a fuck now clearly i mean yeah bro i don't give a fuck but i ain't gonna lie i do like the direction we going in where i feel like the world is being forced to be receptive to different things because yeah. the people who look different killing shit. So you really, like, you could talk about a nigga appearance all day, but you can't take away their accomplishments. Can't take away them numbers. Yeah. Right. Hold up, wait. I know the episode is getting really, really good, but this right here is an ad space and your ad could be here. If you got a product, if you got a service, if you want to build your brand, you can set an ad right here. So, guys, if you guys are interested in putting an ad right here, go ahead and reach out to me on Instagram. If you think about having product placement on the podcast, go ahead and reach out to me. Um, if you guys want to sponsor a whole episode, a whole week, a whole month, a month will be about eight episodes. If you want to, go ahead and tap in. Back to the episode. I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to ask you about the Lord uh, and... You have something else called... I mean, my bad, bro. <laughs> I'm thinking too fast. Lord... What is it? Grace. Grace. My bad, bro. I don't even know what the fuck Lord I came from. <laughs> but, um... And you also have Revelations. The Course of Revelations. Course of Revelations. Yeah. All right, before we get that started, the Bible. What, what's your religion? I don't have none. No religion. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the same way. I'm the same way. Um, but, you know, like, <clears throat> that's a real touchy subject. Mm-hmm. And by you... 
being so open and not scared to even connect the two. Like, mm. I'm Lord. Right. <laughs> I got this, you know what I'm saying? Like, where did that come from? Uh, so, bro, initially, I've always questioned religion since I was a little kid. Me too. I'm a Jehovah's Witness, and I used to stay getting in trouble because I would just ask all the right, wrong shit to me, but mm-hmm. I just wanted to know. Um, as I got older, bro, I started around 2015. How old was I? I'm 33. So, bro, I say around like 24, 25. Mm-hmm. I started do it, dealing with dealing in like mushrooms, acid, things of that nature. Um, ecstasy too, but not that bullshit. I was getting from Amsterdam. I was getting that that great that shit, y'all. But anyway, bro, those things unlocked a lot of shit in me and opened my mind up to things that. Like, uh, I just never would have fathomed before the age of 24. Mm-hmm. I remember being out in Vegas, and I was just questioning things again. I'm on a trip out in Vegas. And, bro, I remember coming back, and I had another trip when I made it back to Tampa, bro, and I just got confirmation. And, yeah, bro, it's just, I think it's some dope stories in there. Like, it got the Bible do got some good shit in it, bro, but just logically, none of that shit makes no fucking sense at all. And I don't know how to, like, I just don't have a savior complex, bro. So I feel like all my good and my bad is my fault. It's just a combination of my thoughts, my actions, and my tongue. Mm-hmm. So if I want a better outcome, I need to think better. I need to speak better. I need to do better. But mm-hmm. I'm not, I don't lie, bro. I'm an awesome nigga. I'm not giving no other nigga credit blindly just like, yeah, I got to give the glory to it. Like, no, nah, motherfucker, I got up today and made this shit happen. Mm-hmm. I, I created a plan of action and went for it. So, bro, I've always struggled with Bro, like, I love my parents, right? This is some shit I really used to struggle with as a child. Like, they would be like, give the credit to God. And I'm just like, how? Like, my daddy, he the fucking man. Like, mm-hmm. imagine me skipping my daddy talking mm-hmm. about my So, yeah, bro, I just, it just never sat well. This shit mm-hmm. really made no sense. At really, like, five years old, I was just like, this is stupid. Mm-hmm. And just start, you know, researching and, and, and digging for myself since then. I could say, um, I always question the Bible, right? Mm-hmm. And I question everything because mm-hmm. like anything that's just put in front of you, you have to question it. Right. Anything that come on TV, any news, anything, you have to question it because, you know, we're being controlled. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't want to get too deep, but um, I understand like some of the Bible. Mm-hmm. It's it's some facts in there. Absolutely. But it was written. Right. And things that are written can be manipulated. Right. Right. <laughs> it can be manipulated. And for if you want to control the masses and if you know everybody believes in this right here, let me let me let me take some parts and 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 throw some some bullshit in there. Right. You know what I'm saying? Cause like, okay, just like revelations. Now I don't want to get too deep. But you know, they say like <laughs> they say revelations is like, oh well, you know, the world's coming to an end because right. this is what's happening in the Bible. Well, <laughs> If the motherfuckers that wrote the Bible right. put it in there and they making this shit happen, of course it looks like the world's about to end. All right. Yeah, but I don't want to get too deep on that. Yeah, bro, you know that you know we've been <laughs> in the end of times for a long fucking time. I'm trying to tell you, right? I was I was like 30 years later, we still in the Man, end. They, of said, the, they time. said the world was ending in 2000. Remember 2000, where everybody's supposed to die? Man, I thought this shit was about to end. <laughs> no, bro, I ain't gonna lie to you, too. I definitely thought Yeah, I was like 11, 10 or some shit. Yeah, bro, same age. Yeah, I thought the lights about to turn off. I'm like, man, fuck. <laughs> but that goes to show you, like, propaganda, like, this, they just, it's, it's all about control. Absolutely. Now, do you believe that you're a god? Oh, yeah, bro, I absolutely do believe that I'm, I'm a god, and mm-hmm. I possess, like, I possess what gods do. Like, bro, I asked somebody, I was on live, they asked a question. I was like, what's some things y'all pray to the Lord for? They just went to answer him. Guidance. 
a roof over my head, shelter, clothes on my back, transportation, healthy children. Mm, mm. And I was like, so <laughs> how the fuck do y'all question me being the Lord? If y'all can see in real time, I provide dozens of people with all the things y'all just said and mm. nobody had a response. Bro, I just, I feel like it's just a complex, bro. People, mm. people need something to follow. Yeah. And you're going to have like a select few that got themselves to follow. Like they have a, like just simple shit like thou shall not kill. Mm-hmm. I kind of, I kind of identify that thou shall not steal. Like I kind of know, like that shit ain't mine. If that ain't mine right there, right? Do not pick it up and try to leave it with. Mm-hmm. But yeah, bro, it should be common sense. I agree, hundred percent. Okay, what about the Ten Commandments? Do you believe in the Ten Commandments, bro? I don't even know all the Ten Commandments. Me I just neither. know like the three I just said. Me me. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like man, you know what's right is right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, of course you're not supposed to kill, but. If a nigga try this shit, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna have to kill you. Got to. It's in the Bible. Shit, it, they was killing. Right. Yeah. Makes sense. They, they went to war. Shit up. Yeah. Bro, you know what? That's why I really be complex. Like Jesus hung with. They say he hung with thieves and killers and hoes, and then you know they cast judgment on me on the internet. Like, mm-hmm. what I do? I not literally identify as the Lord. Mm-hmm. You feel me? Like they'll actually diminish my character by the type of by the type of fun I have in my personal life but they Jesus was on the same shit I was on. Right, right, right. Now, do you think it did uh did it mess up your flow of money by the Lord all that? Bro, uh I'm sure it does, bro, but I'm not going to lie. I like it's this thing I do with social media, right? I actually put out shit intentionally that I know is going to like rattle them. Mhm. And it actually like helps us create like a self-filtering system to get the niggas the fuck out of there who really don't need to be there anyway. Mm-hmm. So it's certain days I'll post content that I know is gonna trigger him and that motherfucker will fall. The following the go- bro, my big my only thing just be like as long as our back end lining up, like I could have six thousand on six thousand followers. Like I know how to convert. So give me a hundred thousand, I'll go turn it into a couple million. <sighs> ain't ain't but five thousand them a year gonna fuck with me anyway. Mm-hmm. Mm. So I don't be tripping, bro. We we got formulas on the back end. We ain't, we ain't doing no tripping on. I mean, shit, just, I made a Jesus video probably like three days ago. I lost like 4,000 followers, but it is what it is. Hey, man, and, don't play by the religion. Hey, and they still <laughs> love me, though, because them niggas still going to come, like, type the name in every yeah, day and sure. look like, bro, I didn't know you yesterday, and I don't know you tomorrow. So, like, yeah. do whatever the fuck you got to do on the internet. Unfollow. Man, listen, people don't play about that religion. They don't play about Jesus. No, they don't. Bro, I had niggas like threaten me, like hit my DM, like, I kill you. And I'm like, damn, bro, y'all supposed to be representatives of Jesus. Uh-huh. Like, this shit crazy. <laughs> Look at that. Um, now, let me try to, try to tie this in. So, with the guns mm-hmm. and you teaching your kids how to shoot and your wife and stuff how to shoot, okay, what are you preparing for? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, bro, I'm I'm prepared. I practice preventative maintenance, mm-hmm. so I'm preparing my family for like what's outside. And the country is ran by violence and entrepreneurship. The streets is filled with sex, murder, mayhem, and drugs. So I like as a parent and as a man, I try to get out in front of what I know gonna affect my family the most and educate them on those things. So when that shit pop up, we know how to handle it. Mm-hmm. I'm also honest enough to say, like, and this is unfortunate, bro, but the last four generations of my family, including me, we've all shot somebody. So to act like gun violence in America is not a big ass deal, and like, it ain't like 30 niggas, like, two minutes away from it with 50 switches mm-hmm. would just be absurd, bro. So for mm-hmm. 
It just preventative maintenance. Like I understand the grounds we live in. Like we live in a we live in a police state. So if niggas not educating themselves on government and law, and you live here, mm-hmm. you're accident waiting to happen. If you're not trying to figure out how to get rich, because middle class is disappearing too, you're accident waiting to happen. If you ain't strapped and you ain't actively training, you're accident waiting to happen. In my opinion, I believe that. Um, do you think? How can I say this? Do you think by, let me say this, fuck that. Black people, mm-hmm. when we show guns, when we when, when you are showing your child how to shoot mm-hmm. and, and hold guns and stuff like that, it's, it's it has a, a bad look. Absolutely. But when the white people do it, <laughs> it's okay. Like I see yeah. this video, this, this nine-year-old girl, you know what I'm saying, shooting shit up mm-hmm. and her dad in the background like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Right. It's like, they're preparing their kids. Mm-hmm. And they, I, I don't know what they're preparing their kids for. You know what right. I'm saying? Because you see what they're doing. Right, right. Right. And it's like looking at black people when, just speak on that, like when black people do it, like why, why does it look bad? Why does it look bad on us? Um, I mean, bro, for me, it just go back to, okay, so it's two perspectives, right? Black people actually frown upon it. Excuse me, because I feel like a lot of them practice willful ignorance. And a lot of them still moving with that same passive energy that their ancestors or their mom and daddy or granddaddy may have moved with. Niggas just be trying to get in where they fit in. Mm-hmm. I like want to rule shit. So a lot of times I look crazy to the black people and I look even crazier to the white people. I mean, shit, I got a nice budget. We got the shit they don't got. Mm-hmm. Like I know this, I know I I know our collections ain't hitting the same. And mm-hmm. two, brother ain't just frowned upon us like I think they understand it's a war. We don't. So when you see your opponents getting sharper, like that shit may affect you. You know, you may get in your bag. Like, oh, look at these niggas trying to meet us where we at. And then you got other niggas that don't even know what's going on outside. So they just like, man, you're tripping. What the guns for? Yeah. The niggas that are running your fucking house tonight. That's what the guns for. Or them other motherfuckers who know what time it is. And when shit get cracking, we gonna see like you know who's unprepared, who get left, who lasts, who win, whatever. But we are bro. On the black perspective, willful ignorance. Willful ignorance, one hundred percent. No other race is affected like us with guns or locked up like us with guns. But we the least educated on either how to carry, how to own it, how to legally get this shit. Mm-hmm. And then, like I said, we're we going to look crazy to the white people, period, because we own what they own. I tell everybody, study the wolves. Like, I ain't make the rules. I just study these motherfuckers and adjust to what they're doing and beat them at their own game. <laughs> so if we getting guns, shit, we getting flamethrowers and guns. If y'all getting houses, then shit, we trying to get commercial buildings, houses, and duplexes. But... I love the competitive nature in America. It's like it's, America to me is high stakes poker. And if you don't, and I don't really gamble, like casino gamble, but I gamble with life. I gamble with my dreams, my visions, and my goals. If a nigga don't want to gamble, they need to leave America. Mm. This shit not for the passive. And at some point, you gonna have to gamble. You can transition to the passive. Like that's the stage I'm at in my life, where like I do want to fall back, be human, and not like. Being my alpha energy all the time. I want to go somewhere and like let my hair down and be normal. But you got to pay your motherfucking dues before you can transition to that or you got to be born into wealth. But if you black, all that easy life shit niggas be talking about, like, let me know how that shit work out in like 10 years <laughs> with the easy life. You're going to put some, you're going to get your hands dirty. You're going to put some work in. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now that is too real. I like the way you said that, bro. Do you believe in like um, martial art? Like that, sh- that shit's on the way? Bro, I don't believe it's on the way, but I mean, I do believe it's a possibility, but I'm not gonna lie, bro. I think if that ever takes place, 
I think America may fuck around and wake up and realize that it's way more of us than it is law enforcement. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely not enough of them. Mm-hmm. If the country collectively was like, fuck this shit, we bucking. And they know this. They know yeah, that. they know that. But they just, you know, they use fear tactics and all that other shit to spook people. But if niggas really use that common sense, they would know like, bro, it is not enough law enforcement for <laughs> all the citizens mm-hmm. in this country. How do you feel about switches and um, stendos? Um, bro, I have several extendos. Switches terrify me, bro. Mm-hmm. It's just some scary ass shit. Like, bro, I, I ain't gonna lie. I, I don't know what the kill rate is with them guns, but I, I would believe it got to be damn near hundred percent, or a nigga's a bad shot. But that as fast as that motherfucker coming, I don't see a nigga catching one and then he gonna move or get out of the way. Like them niggas shooting, like they like Pakistan. I done seen one in person before. Mm-hmm. That shit is terrifying. And I love guns, but just to know, like. I don't know, bro. It's just it's no control. Like it's just mm-hmm. that motherfucker squeezed the trigger for three seconds. He done shot thirty people. That shit's scary. Now listen, like this is a professional guy that that handles guns, <laughs> and the guys that have switches barely know how to shoot. Yeah, bro, they don't be know how to shoot. Mm-hmm. Shooting people ain't got shit to do with nothing. Like shit be terrible, bro. That to me, that's why it's more reckless because y'all niggas is y'all basically run around with like handheld machine guns, but your accuracy trash, or you don't watch too many movies, or. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you killed somebody and got nothing to do with nothing. And I just don't see somebody, if a motherfucker close range, he hits you and he gonna hit you one time with a switch and they fuck around and shoot you seven times in one second, you out of here. Mm-hmm. Shoot anybody close to you. Um, You recently uh, posted something about your friend taking like 60K from you. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> what you said was, well shit, at least I got 60k to lose. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And how I looked at it was 60k is a lot of bread to just fucking lose, but sometimes you gotta you gotta pay that's that's the price you pay to just lose a fuck nigga, basically. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, take your time. Can you speak on that? Yeah, bro. Um the perspective so bro, like one thing I've learned with adversity, most people become stagnant or depressed based on their adversity situation mm-hmm. um, due to the fact that we don't practice acceptance. So you have to be like intentional about practicing acceptance. Most people want to sit in the why me phase, what happened, I can't believe this, yada, yada, yada. Once you sit in acceptance, bro, that takes away like that victimization period. You just like, bro, it happened, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Secondly, bro, I focus on taking my accountability. So I'm going to attempt to identify did I play any role or could I have done anything different for this outcome? Mm-hmm. Cause like for me, like when I place blame, it actually like soothes and eases me. Cause like, that's kind of like me taking my power back from the person who did it. And not saying like, I'm not a victim. I played a part like, and it is what it is. I'm gonna take my lick. Mm-hmm. And then lastly, bro. Um, lastly, bro. Um, life is just all about perspective. And I just had really thought about it. like. I'd rather be the nigga that could take losses than a nigga that like, I, I ain't never experienced a loss. Mm-hmm. I've never, like bro, for me, life is all about experiences. So for me, it just, a lot of shit I go through is unfortunate, but it just adds to like my level of wisdom and the fact that I'm gonna be a proponent of information for my children or any stranger I'm fucking with at some point. Cause I really done seen it all, mm-hmm. done it all, survived it all and came out on top. So yeah, bro, for me, it was just flipping the narrative and that shit made me feel 100% better to be like mm-hmm. I'm not really tripping on my money missing shit I'm just glad like I'm a nigga that can miss that type of money and still go lay in a big ass house and wake up tomorrow and be like what's for breakfast casually mm-hmm. 
Why smoking weed with a robe on? Mm. <laughs> now, do <laughs> now do you have to like watch people closely now? Does it did it shift the way like you treat people or watch people? Uh, bro, I'm gonna say it did temporarily, mm. but I have also been like intentionally working on like not hardening hardening myself and my current based on my past. Mm-hmm. So like it's. It's triggering. Like it's still certain shit I identify with and want to shut down and be like, get get this bitch out of here, get these niggas out of here. Yeah. But bro, it's just it's just having constant reminders to like not hold new people accountable for old shit. That's it's easier said than done though, cause mm-hmm. I literally just started doing that at thirty three. Like I definitely be holding niggas accountable for shit that happened when I was sixteen. Like yeah, fuck <laughs> all y'all. <laughs> Nigga tried me. He stole my bike when I was twelve. <laughs> fuck yeah. Um. Let's get into this drugs, cause I, I, I fuck with shrooms for sure, mm-hmm. and uh, a lot of people like kind of shy away from the shrooms. Like, Nigga, you taking shrooms? That's a white people shit. Yeah, like, not, that's natural shit though. That's right. natural drugs. Y'all motherfuckers taking all type of shit, pills and who like cocaine, all type of shit. But how long you been for the record, bro? Uh, I'm gonna try coke before I die. I do want one time. I want bump a line. I'm gonna try some coke. Let me tell you this, right? I'm gonna try it if I go to Colombia, okay, Cuba, and that motherfucker like at least ninety percent of some shit. I got to, you know what I mean? Like, but in America, ain't no telling what the fuck. Yeah, that shit is. with some fentanyl, you never wake up. Man, I'm telling you, ain't even worth trying coke right now the way fentanyl flowing. Right, I ain't touching that shit. But I'm telling you, what if I'm down there? I'm, I got to. It's just. Just the just the experience, right? Same here, bro. Nigga don't want to get addicted to it, but ninety nine percent cocaine, like shit. I'm, yeah, bro. I done done some of every, not everything, mm-hmm. but I done done a lot of shit. Cocaine up there, but I heard like it's a good time. Yeah, I heard like it's an energy boost, and then like a few minutes it wear out. So I'm gonna just see what that be like one time. How long have you been taking shrooms? I've been taking shrooms since two thousand. Uh, my baby six since two thousand fifteen. Okay, and what about well? How how frequent do you take drums? Uh, <clears throat> bro, I don't do it twenty four seven. I kind of do it when I look. I know I need some new downloads, or I know like it's some shit I'm trying to sort out, and I just can't. I can't conjure it up myself, so I need that extra boost. Mm-hmm. So, bro, I would say like maybe every two or three months. It ain't often. It's probably like five times a year. Okay. What about LSD? Um. Pretty much the same, bro. I, I I bounce between acid and shrooms. Those that's my drug of choice. I mean, I have I smoke weed all the time or edibles, but when I want to like get some clarity or go on a trip, it's acid or shrooms. Um, I've done DMT three times. That was absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm typically mushroom, mushrooms or acid. Mm-hmm. Now, what it'd be the, hard to get DMT? What is the difference between the two? Um, because they're both psychedelics, right. but two different things. And I feel like when I took, damn, I ain't telling nobody I took acid, but when I took like acid, you could you could feel like the chemical, like you could feel it. Right. It's a difference versus that that shroom feeling. And I mean, both are pleasing, Absolutely. and it, and it takes you to a. Um, I think it opens your third eye. You know, Absolutely. So explain the difference between the two. Bro, the best way I would put it is, I, I feel like acid is shroom, big brother. Like shroom, <laughs> shroom's a mother, the sister. Yeah. She's gentle. You know I mean? You're gonna feel it coming up. You're like, okay, I'm feeling tingly, legs feeling a little wiggly. Yeah. There it is. 
acid to me like train wreck, bro. Like I put that strip in my mouth, give it like 60 seconds. You know, well not right away, but no, I, oh. I hold the strip for 60 seconds. Okay. Throw that out. Uh-huh. Give it like 30 minutes and that motherfucker get you to your destination like lightning speed. Sure. That's yeah. what I feel like, bro. Like they was brother and sister, like she going through the garden, just nah, nah, nah. Yeah. And her brother is motherfucking full of speed. Like he, they going to the same place, but that nigga's on a mission. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, bro, that's acid for me. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times acid more convenient because they don't have a taste. Mm-hmm. Shrooms are disgusting. So like when I do them now, I blend them, I make a smoothie and I same drink shit. my smoothie. Same shit. That shit made me want to throw up when I get to chewing that shit. Oh yeah, no, nah, bro, chewing it, yeah. Mm-mm. So bro, how, dude, like how do you dose? Um, it depends on the situation. Like if I'm doing it at my crib, mm-hmm. in the mornings I would microdose. I, I couldn't take too much. I had to microdose. Um, in a situation like at night, depending on who I'm around, I'd take a whole three grams, two and a half. If I'm in Miami on a boat, I'm taking three five. Yeah. Take me all the way up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it just depends, man. <laughs> but I don't I don't take it often. Like I don't even like taking them often because I don't want to. Because you know, as you smoke weed, the, the tolerance go down. Right. Tolerance, whatever, up, down, whatever. So I don't want to lose that. I want when I take it, I want that same feeling. You know what I'm saying? So I don't even know if the tolerance <clears throat> starts. You know what I'm saying? Going up. Does it? You, you know? For me, bro, it, it has an effect in mind. I actually, when I do shrooms, I typically smoke smoke as well, and it just be them mm-hmm. combined just be an amazing, amazing thing. Mm-hmm. Or when I'm coming down, I'm gonna smoke so I can like get some real good rest. Where you get your weed from? Um, bro, I got a dude out in uh, hey, bro from San Diego. Uh-huh. They take care of me out there, dude. I fuck with. Shout out to bro. I don't even know if bro me to say his name, but he he gifted me a whole two pounds for my birthday, and like bro, I cried like a baby. Like, that shit really. <laughs> bro, a lot of people yeah. don't buy me shit. I always yeah. buy people shit. So yeah. Niggas kind of forget me on my birthday. I get a text, but that's it. Mm-hmm. But bro, like came to the crib and gave me a whole two pounds, and that shit like really, really, really made my day. Mm-hmm. That was up. Um, let me not skip over this. Ecstasy. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> what? Because you said ecstasy does something. Like, I tried ecstasy, mm-hmm. and I can't even describe what the fuck. It, it, it gives me confidence. Um, <laughs> but and it, it does like I, I popped it one night. Right, I took a, a Tesla. You know, a Tesla, right? I never had one. But... Man, I took a half of that motherfucker and. I was up all night, nigga. I did like three podcasts, nigga, back to back. I just, yeah. I just couldn't stop talking. Right. I mean, I had, this, I had a bunch of energy, so I had yeah. to let this shit go. But what does, what does ecstasy do for you, bro? Honestly, ecstasy for me. So back when I was taking it, um, they were called triple stacks. Mm-hmm. Um, I, ain't, I won't take ecstasy these days just because of fentanyl, like shit, just ain't yeah. safe. Mm-hmm. But, um, bro, it was similar to shrooms and acid. Like it had a similar feel, like a psychedelic type of trip, but. Mm-hmm. It was more, uh, it was more sexual for me, like just physical. Like we would take those and turn up shrooms and acid give you clarity. For me, ecstasy is just like a booster when you want to cut up and do some wild shit. I hate to say this on camera, but my shit wasn't working, bro. <laughs> shit, shit wasn't working, man. That, bro, that I know for me, like on shrooms, after the peak. Yeah, like my body shut down, so it ain't yeah. gonna be no action. I'm, we gonna have fun and laugh and shit, but yeah. it won't be no action. Ah. My body be way too at ease. <laughs> All right, but I thought I was tripping. <laughs> um, <laughs> you said, um, referring back to, you know, people, people don't remember you on your birthday. 
and then you said another statement on your on your gram you was like being a real nigga or being that nigga mm-hmm. it, gets, it gets lonely mm-hmm. um elaborate on that uh yeah bro like that nigga in the sense of like you know people use the saying like i'm that nigga mm-hmm. so some of the stuff that I, a lot of the stuff i try to educate people on now is the downside of success mm-hmm. that shit come with entitlement that shit come with isolation and i've come to realize bro like anybody that's seeking success i feel like they need to mentally prepare themselves to basically have a revolving door for damn near 90 percent of the people that they're going to encounter on the way to success because the bulk of these people <clears throat> they're going to approach it with motives so you either going to make that motive happen or you're not but either way they're going to get the fuck on they're going to mm-hmm. get what they want and get the fuck on or they're not going to get what they want and they're going to get the fuck on so I realized, bro, like, when motherfuckers say it's lonely at the top, I get it. It's a revolving door. So, like, the people, a lot of people that you was mobbing with the last five years, they're not going to make it to year seven. Mm-hmm. And then even these new motherfuckers you're going to encounter, because you are the man, you're going to get an abundance of, of attention. Like, bro, one thing I learned, like, being 50 said this years ago, he was like, a successful man is going to get an adequate amount of attention as a beautiful woman. And like I feel for women who are highly attractive because you attract everything. Mm-hmm. At least like, you know, mm-hmm. if you dusty, you know, you're only mm-hmm. going to get a certain type of energy. Or if you this and you that. But when you the shit overall, you attract an abundance of attention. And most of that shit is going to be trash and have motives and, motives and agendas. So, yeah, bro, I've, I've learned like that top spot lonely. People be wanting it, but that shit come with a lot of like interpersonal shit that like the money can't soothe the the houses or the pussy or the drugs like it just be a lot of shit you got to sit with as an individual now is it is the price of success worth it (laughs) bro that's actually my favorite song price of fame by brent Fayette. that's my shit um hell yeah bro it's worth it i'm not gonna lie i would absolutely (laughs) not change none of that (laughs) fuck that y'all if y'all was looking for one of them philosophical down to earth answers, <laughs> fuck no. Yeah, bro, it's worth it. I yeah. think um I think just understanding balance and knowing how to nurture both parts of you is important. Mm-hmm. I struggle with balance. Like if I'm on something, I'm just on that and I neglect everything until we get whatever we claim we're gonna get. So I'm finding balance now, like pouring into myself or doing shit for me just as much as I do for the gram or a course or a class or my children, my baby mamas, my mama, my siblings, whatever. But hell yeah, it's worth it, bro. Who the fuck want to like, you know, have a lack of or be without? Like, right, right. Yeah, bro. I was literally just talking to her about that. Like, um, we have created a narrative that we gonna have to live with until we die. Like, my children gonna inherit this narrative based off all the shit they daddy was talking, all them chains, all them houses. So it's gonna be certain shit that they don't even want and signed up for that they just gonna have to deal with based off the success, but. I don't think anybody in their right mind to hand that shit back and be like, no, nah, no, nah, you know what? Fuck it. Just give it all back. Mm-hmm. Man, shit. This is America. <laughs> I need both. I mean, you know, the statement is like, I'd rather, I'd rather cry in a rose worse than be sad in a hunter. For sure. Some shit like that. Yeah, yeah. Same way. Same way. Is that why you got so many kids? Like, them your friends? You know they'll never turn, your, turn their back on Bro, you? Bro, they really are my friends. Mm-hmm. So look, I'm going to tell you something though. Um that I learned like within the past 48 hours. So bro, I do have a habit of creating children because I do genuinely like only surround myself with my children and I don't really fuck with adults like that. But I, what I learned is like, I needed to get to the root of 
why don't you fuck with adults like that? Because you're now creating little people that you're going to put expectations on because you mm -hmm. want them to fill the void mm -hmm. of the fact that you don't fucking like adults like that. Mm -hmm. So I will say, bro, I do do that, but like I am, I like literally realized in the past two days, like, all right, that's kind of not a good thing. Yeah. And I might want to like reevaluate having children all over the place to suffice the fact that I'd rather spend time with my children and grown people because the key word is children all over the place. Like they have to deal with that aspect. I'm just being selfish. Like, well, shit, I don't like these grown niggas, so I'm just going to surround myself with y'all. Yeah. But like on the back end, like they're going to have to pay for that shit at some expense because... I don't like grown people, so I just rather have a bunch of babies and not fuck with grown people. That's a good answer. What's up? I ain't got no kids yet, bro. Oh, for real? Nah. And I'm 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 waiting patiently though. But when I start, they coming out. Yeah. Back to back to back. Yeah, bro, go and get them out of the way. <laughs> back to back to back. Um. Do I want to ask you this? Um. How many how many baby mothers you have? Two. Four. I got four women who, who've had children from me. How, how are your relationships with your baby moms? Uh, um, what's a good way to answer this? <laughs> Bro, I think our relationships are good, but it requires me to be a version of myself that I don't always like or that is not good for me. So the relationships are good as long as I adhere to whatever version that they still stuck at with me. But when I try to like speak on some big dog shit, they get offended. I'm talking down to them, yada, yada, yada. So the relationships are amazing as long as I be the nigga that they knew at 18. Mm -hmm. But if I'm like Lord at 33, <laughs> our conversations don't go that well because we yeah. just don't align they align yeah. with like the younger me just mm -hmm. being honest mm -hmm. not all of them but for the most part all of them you tell them to call you lord yeah no, bro, I really <laughs> like I, really, I be on my lord shit up man you see this tattoo right I here bro they don't all call me that like somebody yeah. like man get the fuck out of here I ain't calling you lord but I, I've asked nicely <laughs> my, my name is Lord now, <laughs> but yeah, this tattoo on my neck, bro. This this means the God. Oh, for real? Yeah, yeah. Um, that's exactly how I feel about myself. I'm a God. Um, does money play? Does the the old you, the old you, was broke? No. Nah, bro. <clears throat> Not broke. My pops always put me on game. Uh -huh. Like I never. But you had a new level now. I mean, I was broke doing entrepreneurship because niggas mm. just be having invested off for their dreams, but like a, just a strong period of life broke. Hell no. Mm -hmm. mm. So what I was trying to ask was like, okay, the way they knew you, the old you, and the new you now is like now you're at another level. It's like, mm. does the new you play a big factor? It's like, okay, well, I'm this nigga now. I got money. And it's like, does, does that play a factor, the way they treat you? The mother of my children? Yes. Bro, you know, it's crazy you asked that. I, me and I was just having a conversation yesterday. And one of the mothers of my children does, like, actually, I feel like she celebritized my existence. Mm -hmm. So she actually doesn't really treat me as human as I would like. I'm more of, like, an object, a thing that can, like, provide. Mm -hmm. And Or she just make, like, remarks like, oh, that's what rich niggas do. And, duh, like... No, it's just what people who have more resources, like just the quality of life or shit that they like, so they mm -hmm. buy nicer things. But for the most part, bro, it's copacetic, but there's a couple of them that like 
yeah, the money, I feel like it played a role in how they how they approach me now and like if our relationship is amazing or not. Mm. Mm. I don't want to get too deep in your business, but that was <laughs> I had some great questions. That's crazy. Um tell us about your video game before we get out of here. The video game is coming out. All right, so um the video game is based on the teachings. I created a concept years ago called in-home banking. And um the video game is based on the in-home banking teaching. So it's like an intertwining of GTA, but with sprinkled with black culture and shit that we can actually learn from. So they'll have missions where they like regentrify the neighborhood by way of violence. <laughs> Not promoting that, but I mean shit. It's like, happening, I mean shit. Yeah. But we our culture gonna come through and regentrify. Or they could just free will shit like GTA. They could just run around and cause havoc, it could be cool or whatever the case is. Mm-hmm. But um yeah, bro. Honestly, it's going to be violence. Mm-hmm. It's going to be hella education on money, and it's just going to be dominance on our behalf as a culture. Because I feel like this is a game that's going to actually like positively represent us on some upright taking our shit back type energy. Mm-hmm. And the gaming industry is a billion dollar industry. So, like to everybody that haven't bought a book or a curriculum yet, y'all might want to. Because I'm honest enough to tell y'all, when I crack for like thirty to fifty million, I'm not teaching y'all niggas probably nothing else i'm gonna go spend like the bulk of my bread in real estate and go be a full-time daddy i got way too many kids bro like one thing i realized so i got way too many kids to still be a busy man mm-hmm. that's like unfair mm-hmm. to like keep procreating and just being like hey well until you like three you're gonna spend the bulk of your time with your mama because i'm out trying to put the family on but like niggas slow your ass down and then like get 10 years ahead and then keep having kids so at the rate that i be going bro um, it's not even fair to be like a busy dad like that shit that shit used to look cool on the gram and sound cute but it's really not like when you lose in touch with your children or you're not as influential as you want to be but like mm-hmm. you got nine houses like mm-hmm. okay but you're a lame ass mm-hmm. ass daddy nigga mm-hmm. I ain't speaking on me cause I'm not I'm an amazing father Yeah, but like just imagine like you brag worthy on the ground cause you smart and got money but your kids don't brag about your ass at all just like oh that nigga on Mm-hmm. You know, even to go get on the computer and ignore us. Good night. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. they they can't really see the money. The money they they don't understand the money. They understand time, right? All right, I ain't gonna lie, bro. My top four, they they scheming asses. Definitely understand the money. <laughs> How old? <laughs> like Derek, Derek got a seven thousand dollar grill. His grill costs more than my shit. Damn. How old? He fourteen. His shit seven k. Run around with two Cubans on. He, he got this identical piece, but his shit rose. And then he like Derek a grill with seven K. She got a kilo Cuban and a plain Jane Rolly. My other kids like literally spent three thousand dollars on Apple Pay, scheming and shit, buying Robux. So bro, they understand money. For sure. <laughs> <Top four. laughs> That's crazy. They they be working they move, bro. They definitely understand money. Mm. They be saying like you know they've been on jets before, so. I know my daughter asked her, her birthday tomorrow. And she's like, Daddy, for my birthday, I want to go to Puerto Rico on the jet. And I'm just like, yeah, it's definitely a $100,000 flight. Mm-hmm. Fuck the resort and trying to have fun. So they understand how to spend that shit for sure. That was up. So when the game coming out? How far? Uh, bro, we rolling it out. Well, it's already technically fall, but we rolling it out this fall. Mm-hmm. Um, we going fully independent. What a lot of people don't know is like when you fucking with PlayStation or what is it, Xbox. Mm-hmm. They can dictate your price point. They can dictate the content of your game. And they can dictate, uh, what was it? The distribution. Just mm-hmm. so you can get that little blue box with they stamp on that shit. Yeah. 
And for me, that stamp don't mean enough. Uh, so we going the rogue route. It's gonna be an independent project, like every every other thing I did, and we'll do it the hard way. And then I'll just sit back and collect the bulk of the funds and tell them kiss my ass. What's the hard way? Create your own game system, or no, no, no. The hard way is just going rogue and not having that stamp of approval. So what like, is rogue? What does that mean? Basically, like just going to independent route. Like we're not gonna go through any of these gaming consoles to get acceptance into their marketplace. Uh huh. We'll create a digital version of it in a disc version that can still be leveraged in different consoles, but I'm gonna personally have to print those cases and print those discs. Uh, okay, 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 okay. Right. Like I just ain't gonna have the stamp of approval to have an <laughs> Xbox sign on my shit, so mm -hmm. I may lose some validity in the game world because they're gonna be like, "Oh, why his shit look like that?" Because mm -hmm. we did all that shit at the grill. Mm -hmm. mm. What's up? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Bars though, <laughs> real shit. Um, damn man, bro, this is a great interview, bro. I knew this. I was up last night at like 5 30 in the morning. Like, this is gonna be one of them ones, bro. Like, and, it, bro. And, and it wasn't really about money. It wasn't really, it was just about, you know, your life, real life shit. And like, you was really open about it. Drugs, like, I was like, real nigga shit. <laughs> um, and I appreciate bro, the conversation. Look, all them influencer niggas is fucked up. Yeah. They just be lying. Right. And I don't know why, like, I mean, I guess I get it. Like, they, they got corporate relationships and want to look a certain way. I respect it, but. Yeah. Yeah, bro, like, they fucked up, too. I just don't care yeah. about sharing mine. Mm -hmm. And yeah, bro, like, I, I heard you mention it was more about, about not the money, but that's where I'm at, bro. I'm transitioning away from, like, some I be realizing, bro, like, I be fighting a losing game. Like, I'm on, I'm going on year 11. And no disrespect to nobody else, but I be competing. I be mentally like watching the ground, watching other people and they moves. Mm -hmm. You'll find yourself competing with some niggas who in their rookie year. Mm -hmm. And like the gram is a dangerous place at times because it's a it's a huge delusion. Mm -hmm. But like if we really like rolled out deed sheets, I know real estate niggas that ain't got their names attached to as many deeds as I got. I know niggas who claim they gurus who can't like our landmass ain't the same. I know niggas who. Put that shit on but if we just laid all our gold on the table it ain't the same so it really took somebody that fuck with uh shout out to jake taylor jacobs but bro hit me one day and he was just like who you competing with and i was just like what you mean he was like bro you he's like you you look like you're actively like gunning for somebody he was like i don't know if niggas done told you but like you kind of like the nigga who pioneered shit and made the blueprint that niggas is trying to trying to like actually emulate and like that's why I say, bro, I just be big on um, actual results. And sometimes I fall victim to the same shit a lot of people fall victim to. Like, mm -hmm. I may see you doing numbers, bro, and be like, damn, I want content. Like, bro, why my shit ain't hitting like that? Next thing I know, I'm studying your page trying to get that. Bro, you got a rectangle shot that can't be fucked with. Like, <laughs> I, I, didn't, I, I do content. I watch it. I watch how the brand works. So I know, like, bro, you cracking niggas on a level that, like, a lot of these niggas ain't even figured out yet. Mm -hmm. Like, cracking their ass because you providing a whole new experience to the eyes but anyway i would find myself in a space like no disrespect to nobody bro but just like competing with my older little bros because i'm pretty much younger than a lot of most people who are in my industry but we just figured out shit a lot earlier fortunately but yeah bro i'm like off the money so like money's still a necessity in this country but peace of mind happiness and like oneness and mm -hmm. Yeah, bro. That shit is like way more important. Cause a nigga gonna you gonna unravel the bread anyway. Like imagine, 
Yeah, bro, niggas are real deal be out here winning on Instagram, but whole life being shambles. Mm. I ain't trying to be that guy, nah, bro. For real, so, for real though. I've been reeling my shit back in before I be one of them niggas <laughs> that like, yeah, he cool to y'all, but his kids don't like his ass. Mm -hmm. Instagram is a happy place, bro. Yeah. Niggas don't put they downfalls. They don't put when they crying and sad. It's a happy place, bro. Yeah, gotta, everybody winning, bro. Everybody Everybody winning. millionaires, <laughs> man. Yeah. Everybody, and they do it just for the gram, like, uh, I can only be me, bro. Like I, yeah. I can't be one of these niggas that's capping or trying to portray an image. Like I can only be me, and I don't even want to be associated around people like that because that a they brush off and hold on. Like when they find out this nigga capping shit, this nigga was capping too, <laughs> bro. That's why I, I don't come out often, bro. Yeah, I think this is the first interview I've done since last October with eighty five South. But yeah, bro, I don't. Yeah, I don't be at the functions. I don't be at none of it. Bro, that shit be, it just, it look weird. And them cringy ass daps and hugs. I'm like, man, y'all niggas, we don't like each other, bro. Get the fuck out of here. Well, let's all throw our arms around each other and show yeah. black wealth. Like, nigga, I'm going home. Fuck y'all. You seem like the type of nigga that once you, once you say 30 mil or something, like you moving out the country. I ain't gonna move out, bro, but I'm moving deep into the country. Bro, I'm dead ass. Like, I know, I hope they taking me serious, bro, because I promise you, that 30 million. Tangible man, I'm yeah. not telling nigga click the link in the bio ever again. <laughs> when I when I cracked them for 11 million two years ago, I knew exactly what to do with it. Mm. We came up seven eight houses, gold, opened a gun store, FFL, a lot of like generational type shit. I hit them for 30. Man, we gonna grab like 20 more cribs, duck off. I plan to buy my neighborhood that I live in now. It's 13 in there. I got three of them so far in a year. Well, two years. It's nine more in there because it's a lot. I got a lot. But yeah, bro, I'm dumping that shit in the real estate, and mm. I'm gonna go ride four wheelers and do mushrooms. And Facts. I'm on the same. I'm gonna get up out this just country. Wear big robe shirts with no drawers and just be riding around having a ball. <laughs> <laughs> life. <laughs> some Yeezys. Life, bro. <laughs> Niggas don't understand life, bro. Man, tell you, these motherfuckers. Bro, that's exactly where I'm at, bro. I want to live. Yeah. Bro, I realize like, I got. 7,000 square foot, seven bed, seven bathroom. And it's just parts of my house that I haven't even identified with in two mm -hmm. years. And niggas be putting all that work in to go get those assets and don't even like enjoy them. Yeah. Just to pop shit. Like, bro, I realized like, I, I could talk shit like, yeah, I got eight houses, but nigga, you ain't got no memories in none of them. Mm -hmm. You ain't like, you're not actually enjoying the house. You're not, you show that shit as like your leverage point to show niggas you the real thing, but. When you cut the, when you done with this video, you finna go put your face in your computer and still not enjoy that big ass house that you trying to entice us with. Like that mm -hmm. shit just backwards. I said some shit on the gram the other day, bro, and I hope when people see this, bro, like they they grab the gems from this, bro, because I was like, what the fuck is we really out here doing for real? You know what I'm saying? Like niggas, we really out here just to say, nigga, I got these cars, I got these hoes. I got this jewelry, but like, what the fuck is the real end goal for real? And it's like, you, you know this shit. You, you have a, a, a clear vision of where you trying to go and you headed there. And it's like, niggas is lost, bro. Yeah, bro. I, I mean, I've seen the memes and I realized that, bro. Like a lot of niggas, the gram can be addictive. Yeah. So a lot of niggas get so caught up in the game that they never figure out like, everybody got to retire. There got to be some type of exit strategy. Mm. Otherwise, you're going to be 60 years old, still trying to play this shit at a high level. You're going to go out wash, like go out on top. So for me, bro, um, it's peace of mind. Like, mm. bro, like the greatest wealth for me is like peace and love. 
And like it's hard for me to obtain those things if I'm head first with the wolves every morning. Mm-hmm. Like where I even realized like the the pressure that money come with will can't got the possibility to eradicate all other parts of your life. So like some of them never gonna know peace because niggas is just over invested with money. And if and if your attachment to like completion is by way of money. Then nigga, you're never gonna be happy because once you get a million, you're going two, then you're going five, then you're going ten. Like you're <laughs> never gonna find completion. Mm-hmm. So for me, bro, bro, I went from saying like, oh, we're gonna be billionaires to like, look, we gonna we're gonna create a life budget. <laughs> Give me a passive, like, bro, I would take a hundred passive K a month mm-hmm. over an active four, five hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. That shit just I've done it. Like the most money I ever made in a month was 1.625 million. But the wear and tear on your body, the neglect from your partner, your children, or like even the upside when you get the money, the entitlement, like brother, it's a lot of shit with success that just stank. But niggas don't, mm-hmm. I get it. They ain't never been there, so they don't even conjure those parts. Mm-hmm. Or just being like 48, still doing the same shit. Like niggas just say, oh, to, to go to a job for 30 years is insanity. Nigga, to hustle on Instagram for 30 years got <laughs> fucking insanity too. Like take your ass home, bro. You don't got no kids you want to love on? Like, you don't want to get to love yourself? Yeah. Or... yeah. Yeah, bro. I'm just, I'm trying to actually, like, enjoy the fruits of my labor. I've been bragging about my labor for, like, 10 years. But I actually want to, like, go quiet on niggas and just enjoy those big-ass houses I got. Mm-hmm. We're going to end it right there, man. That shit was too real. <laughs> I appreciate you, bro. Appreciate you, bro. Man, Lord Grace. Lord Grace. You feel me? And the God finesse. <laughs> Fuck that. <laughs> hey, man, call me God finesse from now on. So um, I appreciate you guys tuning in. Bro, I, I pray that y'all got something from this. Until we meet next time, Richard Unemployed Podcast. Actually, the network, number one podcast in the world. Oh, wait. Fuck that. Hold on. Hold on. I can't, I, wait, wait. No. <clears throat> we got to speak about the importance of speaking life into self. I, I can't forget that. Absolutely. Um. I know when I wake up. This is my favorite topic. (laughs) Listen, bro, that shit, they don't, man, listen. (laughs) I made made my own affirmation, bro. Got to. And I recorded it, got the little fucking uh, meditation music in the background, and I go to sleep to that shit. I wake up to that shit. Before this interview, nigga, I'm telling myself, like, nigga, I'm the number one podcast in the world. I'm telling myself this shit. And it's like, I was telling myself this shit months ago. It's like, now it's starting to come to fruition. Like, people are really starting to, it's starting to become reality for real. But what do you tell yourself? Um, on a consistent one bro I remind myself that I'm amazing I am handsome as a motherfucker I am powerful I cannot be fucked with I'm genius level uh, You know we just the biggest of the biggest And like I'm the oracle This one this is like a conversation I genuinely have with my children But I remind them that Grace is we the oracles And everything flows from us We are like the foundation so any standards, any rules and regulations, we have to like, we set those. Like basically, bro, we just set the tone. We mm-hmm. the best looking, most amazing, mm-hmm. most dangerous, most articulate motherfuckers on the planet. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, bro, just, I encourage my children to overstate their their strengths and also their weaknesses. Like, so we will and we are. You feel me? Like if it's a weakness, like I'm down like 24 pounds in two, three months now. But I'm not where I want to be. So I'm going to say shit like, I will get the 220 even. I will get the 210. And I am a handsome motherfucker. That's genius level. And ain't none of these niggas on this planet fuck with me. So, mm-hmm. bro, that's typically how mine go. I just, I hype myself up. I'm going to talk my shit. And then 
Bro, that's something people still ain't figured out on Instagram. I literally like leverage social media to talk my shit. Cause it's shit like just how you record yourself, bro. Mm-hmm. I just be posting random videos like, bro, literally did one while you just said I was just like, I'm a good looking motherfucker <laughs> by zooming on the screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But bro, like, not only did my mama do that, because my mm-hmm. mama created that narrative to begin with. She would wake us up every morning, like, I got the most handsome boys in the world, most smartest boys in the world. A nigga can't tell me that I'm not genius level. Mm-hmm. And ain't ain't nobody on the planet gonna tell me like I ain't handsome. And she reminded me I got a perfect nose all the time. And like my jaw line, my jaw, my jawline is amazing. And my lock, I got long hair and I'm just a good looking ass motherfucker, bro. So mm-hmm. that's that'd be my biggest thing every morning, pouring into myself, talking that shit. And the biggest thing is, and I'm sure you can relate, bro. People don't understand it's even more important if you're on social media. Because you're making yourself receptive to an abundance of negative or positive opinions. Mm -hmm. If niggas knew how much motherfuckers attempted to tear me down, they would tell me to affirm myself more. Mm -hmm. Niggas would literally tell me, like, I'm praying for you, bro, Mm because niggas said some wild shit in your DMs yesterday. So for me, bro, it's super important because we stepping into uncharted territory. Internet ain't got no regulations, which means a nigga can say anything out of his fucking mouth that he feel like because he know he's saying it from the comfort of his home or we ain't figured out his IP address yet. But, <laughs> but yeah, bro. So with that being said, I have to put my armor on. I have yeah. to go out every day with a big shield yeah. and protect myself and my peace and my confidence because these niggas gonna do everything they can to destroy it. Mm-hmm. Just cause I'm me. I think the number one rule is to believe what you're saying too. That's a because fact. If you don't believe it, like <clears throat> you have to believe it because someone can say anything and it can veer you off from what the fuck you believe. You know what I'm saying? Like what nigga you ugly right. how the fuck you gonna tell me if I, if I know you know what I'm saying like so you have to believe what you're saying bitch I created a standard yeah yeah you gonna tell the lord he ugly yeah you niggas gonna know the word ugly if the lord hadn't given shit. you the tools to create an alphabet how you gonna tell the alpha and omega of all this shit what he is <laughs> I am I am everything I am all things uh-huh. like you can't tell me nothing mm-hmm. I'm the only one can tell me something did you get this from like the secret what'd you get this from no bro I have read the secret um Years ago, I ain't fully read it, but I did read a good deal of it. Mm. No, bro, that really came from me identifying how, literally how like the quote unquote Lord moved with religion. Like I never been to the Bible, but I have studied other things since then, since being a man. And bro, just having a high level of confidence that I genuinely do feel like, if God is real, bro, like I'm really a gift. Like he really put me here to help these motherfuckers. Like mm-hmm. I'm, he might have 20 gifts. I'm like one of them 20, cause I'm mm-hmm. a bad motherfucker. So yeah, it really developed from my confidence and just knowing that. One thing I learned big, bro, with shrooms is I learned that like we give ourselves very little credit for how much control we actually have over our lives. Mm-hmm. And I would literally go on trips and change my reality like mid through my trip. And bro, the biggest realization I took from that is like our minds are like the most powerful shit. And if you can convince yourself of some shit, like you gonna stand on that shit 100%. Mm-hmm. They ain't gonna be able to tell you nothing else. Mm-hmm. Like a nigga can't, bro. I've never done martial arts, but a nigga can't tell me that if we was in a room with seven niggas, I am going to move like Neo and kill everybody in the room and make it out of there with no scratches. Like, I'm a John Wick some shit and they got no John Wick training. <laughs> so the same way that religious people really believe, like, they going to heaven, it's the same yeah. way I believe, like, I create heaven or hell. Mm. Whichever I want to roam in for, for my period on this earth, I'm going to create it and I'm going to sit in that motherfucker happily. Man, don't get, or unhappily. Don't get too deep for these niggas, man. <laughs> Heaven to hell, man. <laughs> Cause I, I totally believe that, man. Cause <clears throat> heaven to hell is right here on earth. Absolutely. 
And it's it's really about your mindset because you could be living in hell or you could be living in heaven. You think these these rich billionaires motherfuckers, where you, th- where, you th- where you think they living at? And where you think these motherfuckers in the projects living at? So right. you got to get yourself up out of there. You know what I'm saying? You you have to pull yourself up out of, about a, out of hell. Man. I agree. You know some shit, bro. You know some shit. You know some shit, boy. Talk to you all goddamn night. All right. We're going to end it this time for sure. (laughs) That's all the questions I got for homie. Man, I appreciate you coming through again, man. Appreciate you having me, bro. Number one podcast in the world. Remember that. Next time. Appreciate you, bro. That was dope, bro. Why you don't change your Instagram name? I tried, bro. They won't let me. So I had to add it to my bio. It say like that bold name. It says Lord Derek Grace. I tried to put Lord on my shit, and they was like, "We're afraid that you have too many followers." And it was basically saying like they may they may not be able to follow. And I was just like, it gave me a warning. Like.